Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, November 13th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, uh, happy Veterans Day a day late. We took yesterday off because of the holiday um, and the place of Today on Broadway. I had a new episode of Tell Me More in which I interviewed the wonderful and genuinely sweet and hilarious David Rossmer and Steve Rosen, the creators and stars of the other Josh Cohen, which opened off Broadway last night. So if you haven't seen it, um, it is planning to be there through February, at least at the West Side Theater. But get your tickets. It is such a fun show. And as you know, James, because you saw the previous incarnation or one of the previous incarnations at Paper Mill, it's such a fun and open hearted and lovely show. And these guys are fantastic. So uh, highly recommend that. Also, over the weekend, uh, Jenna Tessa, or no, Jan Simpson had a, an episode of Stagecraft with Larissa Fast Horse, the playwright behind the Thanksgiving play with just extended at Playwrights Horizon. And we also had an episode of this week on Broadway, but we're a couple days from that. So I'm sure you've listened, but if not, go back and check out all of those reviews. You, you were all, you were, you were correct and you corrected, you corrected yourself. Genesis Fox also had a uh, show uh, where she talked with uh, Adam Shapiro uh, from Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish. Ah, okay. Uh, so both. Did she talk to him in Yiddish? She might have. Uh, but it wasn't on the on their interview. But she might have. Okay. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know if Jenna is fluent in the Yiddish. So uh, I, I, yeah, and that that was a lot of fun too. But uh, Jan and Jenna holding down the fort there on on uh, Friday and Saturday, and uh, and then this week on Broad was a lot of fun. And then your interview, I I, I really enjoyed it. I it was it's so great it to talk great. to those guys. They're so funny and just seem like just wonderful people. Yeah, it was really, really one of the highlights of my trip. Excellent. So let's uh, move into the first story of the day. The critics weigh in on the new one on Broadway. Yes, the new one, not just generally the latest play, but the play or the one-man show called The New One from comedian and writer Mike Birbiglia. It opened at the Court Theater on Sunday night under the under the direction of Seth Barish. It is co-written with additional material by Jennifer Hope Stein. Um, this had a sold-out, immediately sold-out run off-Broadway earlier this year, James, and then it came in for just a short run at the Court Theater and uh, the reviews were, were pretty good, James, overall, although some people had some issues with a bit of latent misogyny that came in, especially because of the subject matter of the show. Starting first, though, we want to go with somebody who is no stranger to latent misogyny. Ben Brantley from The New York Times, who made the show a critic's pick, saying, quote, in an age in which starry stand-up is instantly accessible to anyone with a Netflix subscription, dropping big bucks to see a low-key, self-effacing comedian in person might seem like a waste. Such an attitude doesn't account, though, for the paradoxically lazy energy that Mr. Birbiglia emanates, a seductive force of physics that can be felt only partly when he's on screen. Now, Barbara Schuler from Newsday, she kind of starts to get into some of the inherent issues in this show. Verbiglia tells the story as if for the first time uh, uh, sharing a litany of gory details from the indignities of fertility issues. He actually brought his urologists on Jimmy Kimmel to the ramifications of the expectant mom's raging hormones. Hormones. Along the way, he dispenses with the hilarity and sneaks in some valid concerns about bringing a child into a world of rising sea levels and environmental neglects, along with one infuriating, parenthetically, she says, to me anyway, 
comment about understanding why some men leave. As you can get from her review, Schuler mentions that the show is basically about Berbiglia becoming a father for the first time with his wife and going through the problems that that brings, especially because he is a comedian and travels quite a bit for his job uh, and in how he kind of felt like the third wheel, so to speak, in the relationship between his wife and their daughter, Una. Now, interestingly, James, and I don't know if this was planned or if this was just happenstance. Just a few days after the New York Times had that unctuous back and forth review for King Kong between Brantley and Green over at Vulture, Sarah Holdren and Jesse David Fox managed to do a similar back and forth dialogue based review without being completely obnoxious about it. Fox said, quote, I did like it. The comedy was super strong. Lots of different types of jokes expertly crafted. I probably say this after all of his shows, but it's the funniest one yet. More than anything, though, I was most impressed by how it's structured. Holdren followed with, quote, Honestly, I laughed much more than I was even expecting to. I think his storytelling and joke craft are pretty watertight. There were also things about the narrative that he thinks he's living of obsolete, doofy, I have no agency father figure that made me raise my eyebrows a bit. But as a thing built to make me laugh, really well done. So obviously, James, it seems like this will be a show that makes people laugh gives them a good time, but probably brings to light more privileged white guy issues than even Berbiglia probably realized when he wrote it. Um, but overall, for a limited run in a Broadway theater that we've talked about often, kind of gets passed over quite a bit lately. Um, seems like a really good fit for this holiday season. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I see it this weekend. Uh, word of mouth is very good in it. I hadn't heard the negative side of it, so I'm glad that you had... Uh, you pointed it out here. Um, uh, basically, everything that I heard about it was very funny, very good, go see it mm-hmm. type of thing. So uh, I will t- we'll talk about it on This Week on Broadway on Sunday. So next up in the news, a uh, Dear Evan Hansen finds a new teenage lad. Let Lead. Lad, but he's a boy. Okay, I guess I guess both. Yeah, could lead or lad. Yeah, um, but yeah, James. Yesterday we got some fairly surprising news from the DEH crew after announcing that current star Taylor Trench would depart the role after a year. Obviously, super demanding, but he's been doing it for a year, so that's probably his normal contract. But the that really wasn't the surprising thing. The surprising thing is that he will be replaced by Andrew Barth Feldman. Not super familiar with that name. Well, that might be because he is a 16-year-old and a junior at Lawrence Woodmere Academy in Woodmere, New York. Earlier this year, following his sophomore year of high school, Andrew won the 2018 National High School Musical Theater Awards, colloquially known as the Jimmies. He will take over the role on January 27th, and Michael Lee Brown, original cast member and actually the, the Evan that I saw, will continue as the role's alternate. Now, James... It's been a pretty good run for Jimmy winners recently. 2010 winner Kyle Selig uh, is currently starring in Mean Girls. Um, another finalist from that year, Stephanie Styles, will be making her Broadway debut in Kiss Me Kate later this year or later this season. 2011 winner Ryan McCartan is currently playing Fierro on Broadway, despite the fact that he's been out the past week with a broken foot. 2013 finalist Evil Noble Zada is a Tony nominee for Miss Saigon, obviously, and is currently starring in Hadestown in London. 
and 2014 winner uh, Jylin Josie stole the show for me as Pearl Krabs and SpongeBob last year. She has an unbelievable voice. So really good uh, run for those Jimmy winners and, and finalists recently, James. As you t- said in a text to me after this announcement came out, it looks like Broadway might have uh, figured out how to find its own farm system building up the uh, Jimmys over the past decade. Yeah, you know, we've uh, been... Uh, Broadway's been very dependent upon a certain number of schools, uh, one of them up north and uh, I'm unfamiliar. I'm unfamiliar with what school you're talking about. (laughs) Exactly. You know, Carnegie Mellon and uh, Florida State. Cincinnati Conservatory. CCM, things like that. Uh, So the Jimmies might be uh, the bypassing bypassing the college uh, system, the NCAAs, and going directly pro uh, as most uh, NBA uh, (laughs) wonder kids do. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like this is the uh, this is where they find their one and done players uh, yes. between Eva and now Andrew, not even making it to college or to Michigan or to CCM or any of those schools before they just pluck them into Broadway superstardom. Yeah, like the dream team uh, franchise players can be found here on the Jimmies. Hmm. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, totally awesome. And I, I can't believe that uh, it's been a year already for uh, I, I know it's nuts. For Taylor Trench, uh, you know, and but I, I remember Andrew Barth Feldman, uh, Feldman from uh, the Jimmies last year. Uh, as soon as I saw him, I was like, "This this kid's gonna do big stuff." Did you go? No, I, I watched it to streaming. Oh, okay. I, I watched okay. the stream of it, um, and so yeah, uh, it totally. That's gonna be great. I can't wait for it. All right, uh, last week's Broadway grosses. Tell us what happened there. Well, first off, because yesterday was when Veterans Day was observed, I was a bit surprised that we got grosses at all yesterday. Uh, Maybe the league noticed that it was raining outside and decided to ignore (laughs) the holiday altogether. No? Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) Um, perhaps aided by the holiday weekend, Broadway had a very strong bounce back week, moving up 12.55% or over $4 million to come in at $37,230,401. That does include the first two performances of Network, which brought in more than $290,000. In two performances, uh, that that's, looks like that one's off to a pretty good start. Of Broadway's 38 shows, only four saw week-to-week declines, but one of those was Springsteen on Broadway, which dropped from five to four performances, so that almost doesn't count. Another was the new one, which obviously had its opening during Last Frame, so that makes sense. And the other two were The Lion King and Phantom, which are both doing just fine, and they actually both dipped between uh, $8,200 and $8,300, so uh, not big dips there for either of those. Of the shows not adding previews last week, Frozen was the biggest gainer, picking up almost 407K following the week that had their TDF autism performance the last time, so that makes sense. King Kong went from six to eight performances during its opening week and moved up to almost $916,000. It'll be interesting to see what happens now that critics are through seeing the show, how that does um, following what was mixed to negative word of mouth following the opening. Uh, For the shows in previews, To Kill a Mockingbird had a great week, grossing $1,130,000 in just seven shows. Similarly, The Share Show did $1,066,000 in seven 
performances, while the Prom saw about a $7,000 increase despite the fact that it played one fewer performance. It did 323000 in six performances last week. Not a great average gross, but the fact that it picked up money while losing a performance might be a good sign for the word of mouth. Hamilton was on top again, of course, but still not back above $3 million, grossing $2,943,951, followed by cursed – I know, sickening, isn't it? It's on the uh, edge followed, of closing. Yeah. <laughs> Some people are lining up outside the Rogers. Um, it was followed by Cursed Child at 2.1 million and The Lion King at 2.08. Then there was Springsteen, Wicked, Frozen, DEH, Mean Girls, Aladdin, The Book of Mormon, Pretty Woman, My Fair Lady, Mockingbird, Share, Come From Away, and The Ferryman, a 107-person cast, <laughs> a three-hour Irish family drama. Coming in above $1 million. Uh, really good year for plays. I, I don't know when the last time we saw, um, you know, this many plays do really well. There's two above a million. Lifespan of a fact is just under a million. It's the first show below a million. Um, so it's uh, it's a really good season for, for plays overall. Head Over Heels was the lowest open-ended show and the lowest musical. But it did see a $48,000 increase, which... I was a part of. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Uh, it came in at $233,984. James, I know that it seems a bit late for this to be announced, right? You know, because we're just a, a less than two weeks away from the holidays. But I'm going to officially predict that this will close sometime in January. It just it just has to. I mean, there's no way that this can continue. Uh, goop money has to run out at some point. Um, so I, 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 this has to close sometime in January and then burn. This will take over the Hudson in the spring. That's my official miss Cleo prediction there. Another musical that seems to be in a bit of trouble. Once on this Island moved up almost $71,000 to come in at just under 430 K last week. This one, I think it feels like it's going to try to make it through the winter and into the spring and maybe even to the summer baking on Michelle, uh, on Michelle Williams street credit as a survivor. She's not going to give up. She's mm. not going to stop. She's going to work harder. Um, Anyway, James, uh, I, I, you know, as we look at the calendar, I think Head Over Heels has to close. But other than that, I just I, I struggle to see any other shows that are going to post a closing notice that haven't already done it. So uh, you talked about you talked about uh, King Kong, which I'm going to go see tomorrow night. Um, and what's going to happen with King Kong after the uh, reviews and box office? How will that will react to the reviews? I wonder. It it, it was uh, anecdotally said, uh, but I don't think there was any real data to support it. But it was said very often that um, non English speaking visitors to New York City went to go see Cats. A lot because you didn't really have to understand the language to watch cats. Uh, will this be the same sort of spectacle for King Kong? Could that, could that be a, a marketing plan? Uh, are there any other shows that you could think of that are playing right now that are that would fit that bill? Yeah, I, I think that's often similarly to Cats, another Andrew Lloyd Webber show. That's often said about Phantom, that it is, you know, in similar ways, like an opera. When you go see an opera, a lot of times you don't know the language that it's being sung in. Now, granted, that often has superscripts, but I think Phantom is one of the shows in Chicago 
are shows that non-English speaking people see. And I'm probably going to stick a foot in my mouth uh, and be very stereotypical here. But there are a lot of tourists from from Asia that come to New York City every year. And King Kong um, and those monster movies tend to do just as well um, in in that part of the world as they do here in New York. So I wouldn't be surprised if we do see this find a niche. And I think it's going to be a good family show. James, you know, these producers, you know, have a foothold into the family spectacle world with uh, Walk with Dinosaurs thing. So I I liked the show. It's like the, the the book and the music more than most people did. And I was underwhelmed by the gorilla more than other people were. So I actually think that this has a chance to be around for a while. It's it's almost too big to fail, not necessarily in terms of, you know, the property or, or even the ape. But I just feel like it has so many things going for it that it wasn't a complete disaster. And I think people are going to come see it. I could be wrong and I would not be surprised if I was necessarily. But I could see this being around for a year or so. I think the ball is in the uh, court of the marketing people. You know, they're going yeah, to they're gonna, they're gonna have to make this work now. Okay, Matt, what else do we have to talk about today? Okay, yeah, yesterday the <laughs> – this is really funny. So we know Hamilton has like 107 productions already out in the, uh, out in the world. But yesterday they announced their third national tour. This one is called – the and Peggy tour, not ah. just the Peggy tour. <laughs> it is officially the and Peggy tour. And Peggy. Yes. This third national tour will officially launch with the Puerto Rico performances, that three week engagement um, in which uh, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda will star as Hamilton. Once he departs after Puerto Rico, he will be replaced by Julius Thomas III as Alexander Hamilton. Donald Weber Jr. will be playing the role of Aaron Burr, both in Puerto Rico on the tour. Uh, Julius Thomas III will take over in the next stop at San Francisco. Also in the show will be Brandon Armstrong as Hercules Mulligan and James Madison, Ruben J. Carabal as John Lawrence and Philip Schuyler, uh, Darylin Castillo as, as Peggy and Mariah, Julia Harriman as Eliza Hamilton, Isaiah Johnson as George Washington, Simon Longknight as the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, uh, Rick Negron as King George, and Sabrina Sloan as Angelica Schuyler. Uh, keep an eye on Lynn's uh, social media, James, because he is doing a lot down there in Puerto Rico for this. And I think this is going to be a really, really special event. Speaking of really special for much different reasons, um, last week, uh, playwright and comic book uh, executive uh, Roberto Aguero Sacasa tweeted out a picture of what was the cast of a recent Los Angeles workshop for the Magic Mike musical. Of course, we know that Channing Tatum's Magic Mike Live has already played in Las, Las Vegas and has had a multi-extended run in London. That's a completely different thing. There is currently a musical in development, which we've talked about before on this show, being written by Tom Kitt, Brian Yorkie, and the aforementioned Aguirre Sacasa. This Los Angeles-based workshop had a pretty impressive cast, including Anna Villafanye, Derek Klenna, Cheyenne Jackson, Matt Doyle, John Bailman, Dylan Burnside, Heath Calvert, and Rick Rashad, uh, Nick Rashad Burroughs. No idea if this is actually going to happen or if any of these people are going to be in it, but I guess if you're doing a Magic Mike show, 
those would be some of the people that you would get. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then finally, James, uh, this story makes me shake my head, but also makes me laugh. A recent production held in Mitchell County, North Carolina, because of course it's North Carolina, was shut down mid-performance by residents who claimed that it was inappropriate. Residents then held a prayer circle following the play. That play was the always incredibly controversial, the complete works of William Shakespeare abridged by the reduced theater, by the reduced <laughs> Shakespeare company. It was performed from Parkway Playhouse at Mitchell High School. Um, I, I don't even know what to say anymore about these things. I mean, this show is, I don't know if it's one of the top 10 shows done in high schools, James, but if it feels like it is, I did it when I was in high school, I directed high school production of it. I just don't understand reduced Shakespeare. We've had reduced Shakespeare, um, uh, managing director, Austin, uh, Titchener on Broadway radio before on tell me more. They tweeted out. This always amuses us. If anything, we make Shakespeare cleaner. Seriously, they would have probably have had no problem if they had done Macbeth or Midsummer Night's Dream or or any other Shakespeare show as was written by Shakespeare. But this makes it worse. I just people are just dumb. James, really, really dumb. (laughs) Oh, you know, uh, did you catch uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me this weekend? No, I did not. Sarah Brightman. That's all I've got to say. Sarah Brightman. Wait, wait. Uh, Space cadet, literally. (laughs) She talked about her space adventures. Yes. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for spending some of your Tuesday with us. And uh, I'm not sure who's going to be here tomorrow, but we'll talk to you then. 